Welcome to the Young Man's Guide to Life podcast, where we, young men, help you, hopefully a young adult, reach your full potential. And we do that by calling out misconceptions about adulthood. That's right. We also try to want to help you learn from the mistakes of others, like our mistakes and the mistakes of those that we see. And we want to actually empower you to take risks. I think a lot of young adults miss out on their potential because they're afraid to take a risk and nobody's telling them, no, go and take that thing. And so we want to do that. We want to empower you by... Yeah. We want to empower you to take risks so that you can actually live your best life and to your full potential. Yeah. So my name is Andrew, and I'm the host of this podcast. This is my friend Eric. He is Hello. my co-host. And this is the Young Man's Guide to Life podcast. Hey, man. I'm excited your to be here. shirt people need to know about immediately. Uh, Paulo and Lavinia bought me this shirt. My friend Paulo and, and Lavinia, they bought me this shirt because they think it's dumb that I wear, uh, like, you know, the floral print stuff. And uh, so they brought it for me, ironically, and I love it. So what does that say about your friends who they think it's dumb that you wear this kind of stuff, so they buy you more of it to wear? What does that say about how they think of you? I think they think that I'm dumb <laughs> a little bit. Do they want, like, it's, it's as if they, they want you to look and me. feel more dumb. They hate me because they ain't me. <laughs> That's right. No, I don't That's know. I, I, I think they, they, they secretly thought it. I think they secretly like that I wear goofy patterned shirts. I find that a lot. A lot of people mock me for certain things that I'm just like, you just wish you would do it yourself. Yeah. You're just not confident enough to do That's it. That's right. Just own it. Rock just it. Just own it and rock it. And I yeah. respect it. And if I wear a shirt. Funny, I wear a shirt. I kid you not. To this day, I still wear a shirt that I had in my high school graduation photo. That's amazing. Yeah. My I don't fit in anything has not changed much. from high school. Yeah. But if you're not, you're obviously, if you're watching and you're listening, you can't see, but if you're watching, you should feel the shirt. The shirt feels it's fresh. Really it's actually, nice. your child said something to you this morning on your way at the door. What yeah, did they say? Sawyer, Sawyer, my three-year-old, said, he asked if, because I was like walking out the door, he asked if I was going on vacation because I had this shirt on. <laughs> and it apparently looks like I'm going on vacation. It does. Nope. 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 Just here working. Vacation in my mind. <laughs> Today all. we are going to go on a vacation, and that's a vacation through talking about things for young Adults, nice. we were uh, we just spent some time listening to some uh, early two thousands hip hop and yeah. rap and R and B, and we are wondering, Eric, what your go to two thousands hip hop music is when you just need to feel nostalgic. It, yeah, like rap. Ludacris is my boy. Ludacris. What is it about Ludacris that that sets him above everybody else from that era? I just liked his flow. He had a good flow. Got my twin Glock bodies. Does anybody know where Ludacris is right now? Do you? Probably Atlanta, Georgia, where he's from. Is he still making music? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think he was at the All-Star Game a few years ago. Yeah, he's still around. Which Luda. was a, a few years past his time. And what's your favorite Luda song? Uh, I like this song. He did a cover of the Ray Charles song, um, Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, mm. we on the grinding. All the time, it ain't nothing on my mind, but Georgia, we ain't playing with you. That's a good song. Yeah, it sounds like it's I a mean, good it's song. terrible that I just did it, but yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. one. If you know Ludacris, uh, you should send yeah. him this video Luda. and uh, see, if he'll, see I don't, if he'll promote. I should officially declare that I don't espouse his, uh, all of his views 
or <laughs> let's talk about that. This okay. is an interesting thing for young adults. I find this all the time. We're pastors. If you didn't know that already, yeah. you probably wouldn't have assumed it based on how we're talking. And uh, I wouldn't either. Yeah. But um, we, we get this all the time where we feel like we watch a show or watch a movie or listen to music and we have to add this caveat well, I don't, I don't agree with everything they say. Or, oh, yeah. I, you know, we, we, I, I saw it, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't right. suggest it for you. Or, or, or I don't condone all the stuff that happens. Why do we do that? Why do we feel like it's, anything we say that we've watched, listened to, like, enjoy, we have to add the caveat of? Well, it's, I think it's the, 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 the church world uh, endless debate of the secular and sacred, right? Mm. It's like the, these things are, are good and right and true and like, you know, church songs or Christian bands, you know, or whatever. And then everything else that happens is like secular and mm. not and heathen, you know, I think that it comes, it kind of comes out of that attitude that, and, and I think people, you know, to your point, I think people uh, become either disingenuous about what they really like and enjoy you know, and they're unwilling to, like, I guess I kind of just did that, mm-hmm. where you sort of like, um, you feel like you need to excuse what you like, mm-hmm. um, or it, it makes people kind of very sectarian in their, you know, what they're experiencing in culture and in, you know, the zeitgeist of the time. Like, I don't, I only listen to, you know, uh, Lecrae, because that's the only rapper right, right, I'm right. allowed to listen right. to. Yeah, it's like, they, they basically right. say they enjoy a bunch of stuff that is far less enjoyable than a bunch of other stuff that they're unwilling to yeah. enjoy. It's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. We do this in theological circles too, don't we? We do this about yeah. like other people in our own camp. It's not yeah. even just secular sacred. It's like even within the camp of Jesus people, we say, well, yeah, I like that guy and his music, but he did this song or he said this thing, yeah. but in his theology I'm not sure about or this or that, you know? And it's, right. Yeah, so you throw the baby out with the bathwater or whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think we, well, if we're talking like strictly church world, we we definitely like eat our own. We we love to take shots at each other, which is not really what the the ethic of Jesus would have been. No. It would have been, you know, he didn't make excuses for who he hung out with or the type of people they were or whatever. What was, do you think it is? Maybe this is the question and this is... And, I don't. I don't actually know the answer to it. What do you think it is inside of us that makes us feel like we have to do that? Is there some like? I think it's a learned behavior. To be honest with you, yeah. I think it's a learned behavior based on the Christian culture, a Christian subculture that is it is separatist in its like approach to the world. You know, we're something other, and some people defend that and say that that's a good thing. Um, I tend to think it makes us less authentic and it, it makes it harder for us to relate to, you know, everyday people, normal people, normal yeah. people. What does that even mean? I don't even know. Non-Christian what is normal? People, I yeah. Guess. But yeah, I think it's a learned behavior. I think it comes from uh, a misinformed view of the scripture, to be honest with you. I think it's a self-protection. I think it is a self-preservation move. I think it is, uh, it is we're concerned about public Being. opinion and by public, I mean the people who are in my tribe. Yeah. And so we have some sort of uh, either conscious or, or subconscious <clears throat> understanding of what my tribe accepts and what they don't accept. And we speak freely about the things we believe our tribe accepts without having yeah. to add a caveat. Right. But then the things we're nervous about the tribe not accepting, we add this caveat to it every time. 
Yeah. And really, it's it's about me preserving the image to the tribe that don't worry, I'm safe. Yeah. Don't worry, you can trust me. Don't worry, you don't have to be skeptical of me yeah. because I'm aware that there's these problems with this thing and you also agree that there's these problems with this thing. Yeah. But we do that not just with secular sacred, we do that also theologically. And For I've sure. always wondered that. Yeah. And I probably do it myself quite often. I'm we not pick even apart sure. Worship songs or, or we pick apart, you know, what pastors say about, did you hear what Andy Stanley said about this? You know, and we, we throw around the heretic idea all the time, you know, like that guy's, you know, a heretic or whatever. Or, we do that a lot. Yeah, we do. And then, and then like when they say something that's quote unquote controversial, right? Yeah. Which how controversial is it? to say certain things that Andy has said. But anyway, yeah. it's, we, he, yeah. you know, he says these things, and all of a sudden we're like, well, we really like his, this stuff from him, but we, you <laughs> yeah. know, but, but yeah. we're, we're, we'll don't, take, oh, don't worry, we don't read that, or we we'll don't like that, or we disagree with that. Ch- his children's ministry materials. Yeah, we'll Every church in the world of dollars, orange. Thousands <laughs> of dollars a year for their church. But, 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 but the book he wrote, you know, I'm, I'm so... Well, yeah, yeah actually, just, I remember experiencing yeah. that first with... And I'm going to throw out a massive heretics name here. Any Christian listening to this is going to be so oh, uncomfortable. Am I going to be able to even continue yeah, you this will. conversation? So, or I have to yeah, leave? well, you may have to leave. Yeah, it depends on how secular or sacred you are. <laughs> but um, that happened with Rob Bell when he first, you know, had his quote-unquote fall from, fall from grace, fall from Christianity. And again, I don't have to give the caveats because we're talking about not giving the caveats. But it felt like every time somebody would refer to something to do with him yeah. in the Christian world because we saw the rest of the Christian world freak out, you had to have the caveats of, you know, I read Love Wins, but blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. I read this thing, but blah, blah. I listened to the podcast, but blah, 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 blah. Instead of just, I read that book. I listened to the, what that guy said. Right. I'm interested in this thing that he alluded to. You know what I mean? Instead of just saying, like, this person had an interesting idea and not having to add all the caveats, we feel like we can say, if it's anything outside what yeah. we deem as perfectly safe, we have to say, this was interesting, but blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, maybe we don't have to do that. Yeah, that's or, interesting. Or maybe we do. Well, uh, let's maybe let's. What's the let's good just, side of it? Yeah, argue the good side for a second. I, I, I mean, like I think that there is something to be said about what we consume. Like, if you limit your space to media, for mm-hmm. let's start there. Um, I think there is something to be said about limiting what you watch and what you, you know, consume from a from a media perspective. You know, I think a lot of times, especially in our generation and the generations bef- behind us. Uh, younger than us, is that we don't really put a lot of thought or a lot of serious thought into our consumption standards Mm. uh, from a media perspective. And so, you know, like, I'm a huge nerd, and anything with, like, swords and dragons, I'm all about. But I have made a conscious decision not to watch Game of Thrones Mm. because of some of the, you know, the images that are, you know, there's a lot of, like, nudity and stuff, and it's just not my jam. You know, and so that's a decision that I made to, to, to sort of, you know, for my own standard. I think what's really, I mean, not to get too, but like Romans 14 is really, really helpful mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like this. Um, because it's it sort of, it, if you don't know the passage, it talks about like, you think this thing is sacred and, and some of you think that it's just like, it's just normal stuff and that you won't eat this and you won't do that or you won't drink this and you won't do that. And, um, what, what, what the writer of, of Romans talks about is that uh, our, our goal should be to honor uh, the people that we're in relationship with and not to judge people based on their uh, behaviors initially, mm. right? 
and that it shouldn't be a restriction for you to be in relationship with people. It should be a, a way for you to press together and to kind of um, understand where each other are coming from. Do you think you, as a spiritual leader, quote unquote, well, not quote unquote, spiritual leader? Yeah, <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. Thanks. You have a job. Someone pays you. We call you pastor, right? Um, yeah. Uh, so you, as somebody who is respected and actually put in a position of authority, do you have a greater uh, responsibility than just the Christian? Um, to draw certain yeah. lines and to promote which lines you are drawing rather than just make an internal conscious decision? Well, th- those are two different questions. So the answer to that is uh, the first part is an easy yes. I am held at a higher standard because of, of the spiritual position that I hold in other people's lives, right? Um, and Why so, is that? Uh, I mean, the scripture says you'll be judged at a higher standard if you're a preacher, or teacher of the Bible, <laughs> you know, so like Jesus right. said so. Uh, so that but but I also think that like, you know, there is a um, there's a permissiveness to my behavior. Like some people will justify their, you know, behaviors based on mine and they might not understand the full uh, like breadth of where my standards lie. And so they say, oh, you, you know, do this so I can do all of this world of things that I want to do, mm. you know, or whatever, you know, like, like, so if we limit it to the to Game of Thrones thing, you watch Game of Thrones and that has nudity in it. Therefore, I can watch things with nudity in it. You know, so if I, I'm in a way permitting other people to, to partake in that kind of thing. Mm. So I think that that's a good, a good thing in a, in a sense for, for me to be held at a higher standard. Um, the second thing you asked was kind of more about uh, whether or not I should kind of promote my views and values as a leader, right? Kind of. Well, yeah, them. it was kind of like, I mean, it wasn't necessarily whether or not you're supposed to, but, right. you know, you might not have a conviction. You do have a conviction to not yeah. watch Game of Thrones. You stated that. We understand the reasons why. Yeah. If you did or you didn't, is, do you have a, an extra responsibility to let people know what those lines are? And promote that, or is it really just a decision that between you and Jesus? I think it's an. I think it is. It should be limited to an internal thing. Um, I think that first and foremost, people need to understand the why behind the decisions that we make, and uh, uh, like not doing certain things before they get a rule to follow. Mm. Like we don't. We don't need rules. We we actually live under grace, which is really awesome actually Mm. and so for me i truly like if you watch game of thrones i'm just jealous (laughs) because i want to right you know like i i i don't judge anybody who would do that you know i i i you know uh, that's just the decision that that i i chose to make Mm. um and but i don't besmirch anyone for for making a different choice yeah so that's good. Yeah. And this kind of feeds into the conversation we wanted to have today. One of the conversations we wanted to have today was about language use, the use oh, yeah. of swearing, the use of cussing. I get this question all the time from students and young adults. Yeah. And the question is like, is it wrong to swear? Is it bad to swear? What's the problem with swearing? What's a swear word? So we thought we would take a few minutes and just list for you today's current acceptable and non-acceptable <laughs> swear words. So we'll start with the non-acceptable ones. Right at the top of the list is... No. We're not going to do that. <laughs> okay, I got really nervous for a second. I was like, are we really doing this right now? We uh, really should have. We really should have. Everyone no, got uncomfortable. Those are and secular I love words. That. Those are secular. I use sacred yeah, words. You only use sacred English. You don't use sac- secular English. The Lord's, yeah. So this is a question that comes up all the time. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'll ask you your take on it. Um, 
uh, if, well, let me ask you, what, what do you deem as a swear word? And uh, when is it okay to swear? Is it ever mm. okay to swear? What even is swearing? Is it what my mom says? Is it what's yeah. okay on the radio? Like, how do you even navigate what you can say and what you can't say? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm going to kind of take a, a lifeline and, and reference the Bible again on this one. I mean, Safe. there's a tension in the scriptures around this, to be honest with you. Mm. So uh, the scripture says incredibly provocative things. Uh, it would use what would be curse words, like uh, Paul talks about, I count it all as, as garbage, as trash, as rubbish. I mean, the, 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 you know, the S word would be the closest equivalent for us, mm. you know, it, human excrement. That's mm, what it mm, actually mm. means, right? And so, uh, you know, the, the Bible uses incredibly strong language for, for certain things. Um, and then it also says things like, let no corrupting talk come out of your right. mouth, right? So there is a tension, I think, between what the scripture talks about, the way that the scripture speaks. Um, I would say that like, the, the scripture always uses, if it's going to be provocative, it's, it's talking about bad things with bad words, you know? So like uh, um, in the scripture, they call out some of the hypocrites as being like brood of vipers, which was like an insult at the time. You brood of vipers and whitewashed tombs and like these, you know, it, it had pretty provocative language, but, but it's always um, bad words for bad things. It never used, so something that we do in our culture is we, we use like, man, that was effing awesome. You know, it is a bad word for a good thing. Mm. And I think that that's something that the scripture would, would, would say is, is kind of like meaningless talk that, that isn't, it isn't emphasizing your point. It's, mm. it just sounds immature. You know what I mean? Right. And it, it just is, is kind of a poor command of the language. And so I would say that this, the scripture has somewhat of a tension, uh, but that it seems to be pretty clear that if you're going to use strong language, it should be for, for, for the purpose that it was intended for. So then how do you, as a pastor, you're a young man, you know language, still. you speak English, you know all the yeah. clean and dirty words in English. <laughs> I've heard of um, you, yeah. <laughs> how do you navigate? Because they obviously change over time, Yeah. right? We're all aware that language is at some level relative because what was a swear word 20, 30, 40 years ago yeah. isn't today. What wasn't... 20, 30, 40 years ago right. is the worst thing you can say today. Yeah. So how do you navigate yeah. uh, what is okay, what is not okay, what is what you can say publicly as a pastor or just as a Christian person, what you shouldn't? How do you navigate that list? I think some of this comes to your own social awareness. So like in front of my grandma, I, I don't say sucks. I don't even say fart in front of my grandma. Really? Yeah, because she's, you know, she's, she's, she'll... She'll beat me is really the reason. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah. Um, self-preservation. Uh, but yeah, self-preservation. Yeah. Can you imagine your grandma so, listen to the podcast? <laughs> she probably does. She's pretty cool. She would disown you. So um, yeah, she would. But uh, no, like, so there's, there's a certain aspect of social awareness. Any, like there's a time and place for certain things. Like if you're at, you know, at the, the Leafs game mm -hmm. with your buddies, you know, I think you can, you can be a little more, uh, maybe free in your expression hmm. uh, or your frustration. Um, if you're, you know, at a funeral, I think that, or, you know, whatever, you know, like if the, the context doesn't matter. Yeah. You're drawing like crazy, obvious, yeah. you know, 
comparisons like two different extremes of the spectrum. Right, but yeah. which can sound like I'm speaking out of two sides of Sounds my mouth. Sounds like you're hypocritical. Yep. And 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 maybe that's true. Maybe. You know, like the, I think that's a, a tension that I wrestle with. So, but what I would say is that um, the reason that I can justify that kind of uh, statement is because uh, we we actually as as Christians we prefer others above ourselves. So something might not be uh, offensive for me in my household to use in my environment and in my domain, as it were, you know, like my wife and I, or my, you know, whatever, my friends and I, but in another sense, it could offend someone and that I'm going to defer my preference for certain language, uh, to protect, uh, the relationship that I have with others, Mm. you know? So, you know, I, there's, like I said, there's certain things that, that I, w- I wouldn't say around certain family members just because I know that it would make them uncomfortable. Right. And so I just don't. Right. You know, but then there's there's other times when I, I just don't feel the need to, to do that as much. And, and you're saying those those very things that you wouldn't say around certain family members, you don't have any personal conviction about saying. I, I don't. No. In private, with your no. wife, with your no, closest I think friends? Language is, like you said, language is relative and, and, and cultural, right? And so for us, uh, sin is never cultural. No. Sin is, sin is a, a doing what God doesn't want. So uh, essentially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doing something outside of God's plan. So uh, for us, it, it's kind of you know, holding those things in tension. I, I think that you should... Like there are things that I won't say for sure. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. plenty of things that I have I just flat out won't for because sure. of yeah. my own personal conviction. Um, so, yeah. So then, how would you define unwholesome talk? Well, I actually think that that refers to. It doesn't necessarily refer specifically to individual words that are wrong. Hmm. The Bible doesn't give you a list of here's the twelve things that you can't say. No, because it, it wasn't you actually ever written in English. Right. So and you, you can't do that. Yeah. You'd be swearing in Hebrew or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like you can't do that. Right or make. Um so the Bible doesn't do that. And so you can't really point to anything and say this is always wrong and will never be right. You mm. can't you can't say that. No. Um but what you can say is that's in regards to specific words in the context of a cultural language. Yeah. Not that you can't, not that there's no right and wrong, just to be clear. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, so what you, you have to do is you have to, you have to build your filter, Mm. uh, uh, to, to understand what is, uh, you know, what am, what is actually coming out of my head? Right. What is coming out of my mouth? The Bible talks about that. What comes out of your mouth is what's really in your heart. And so if you have no, control over what you say um, and everything that comes out of your mouth isn't helpful to other people. Yeah. If all you ever are is negative, I actually think that that's more the heart of why the, the writer of that particular pack, I can't remember where it's from, but I could Google it. But, um, you know, the, he, they're getting to is that we, we should be encouragers. We should be speaking things that are positive about the world around us. We should, you know, I think that's more what it's talking about mm-hmm. instead of, you know, just talking garbage, yeah. locker room talk and berating or, or, or objectifying women or, or right, right. you know, things we say about minor. Like there's a lot of crap that you can talk about yep. um, that's unwholesome. And totally. I think that that's more what, what he's talking about. I don't yeah. think it's words. For sure. I Naughty agree with words. So then what is the, is there, is there a wisdom for young adults? They're trying to navigate this. They're trying to know like, 
I posted a video with a swear word uh, in it on yeah. my Facebook. It's a video I like. Yeah. So, no, they're not using Facebook. On another <laughs> platform other than Facebook, um, yeah. it's got a swear word in it. My mom freaked out. My pastor's concerned about me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, how do I navigate that? What's the wisdom then? What is like the wisdom principle? Is there a general wisdom principle? You kind of alluded to it and talked about it. Uh, well, I mean, there, there's a, there are some really clear lines, okay? If you live with your mom and dad, and they tell you that something's not acceptable, it's not acceptable. Yeah, you, you, if, <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're living there and you're not paying market value rent in your not own even, apartment connected to yeah. their house. Even then. I even then, say. yeah, exactly. Okay. And they say, don't, you don't say this in my house. The answer is... You don't say that You in don't house. say this in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you don't post this, post this on your social media yeah. because it reflects on me. Then the yeah. answer is... yeah. Don't post it on your social media because it reflects on them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and that's a a little. So to to answer your question more directly, I I think that like, you you know, the wisdom is uh, to 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 really be convinced of your own position of of it. Don't let your culture or the rapper you listen to inform the way that you conduct yourself in the real world. Right. Uh, Like, you know, if if I. If I went around and, like, I think Logic is a great rapper, but I don't go around talking like him, you know? Yeah, you shouldn't. Because he's, be really you know, some, some profanity. We should do a whole, new, whole episode where you talk like Logic. <laughs> I can't. I mean, he's, he's kind of a nerdy dude, though, which yeah, I like. Yeah, anyway. Um, but, uh, like, if, if somebody else is informing the way that you, you conduct yourself... Um, that you just kind of fall into because of cultural pressure, like, that's not really cool that's like that's not that's not genuine to who you are can't you say the opposite side though if my church people the 80 year old grandma is informing how i can talk or what i shouldn't talk i'm being disingenuous yeah yeah uh well yeah but i think for a i would assume for a different reason and and that's what we talked about earlier is 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 the the idea of deference Mm. is that you're it's actually out of respect it is you know uh now if i move to like inner city philadelphia uh and and I talk like, hello guys, how are you today? Dag and like, yeah, and I and Whoopsie I just doopsie. wasn't like it would it would it it wouldn't be socially aware. It wouldn't really me. help you gain respect and authority. No, no, no. And I think that I think that that's again a tension that we like to be all things to all men is mm. uh, to be all things to all people. It's it's one of those things where you have to kind of tell those lines. It, it's complicated. Let's be it honest. Is. It's, that's why we're talking about yeah, it. It's yeah. complicated. We've been navigating it for. I, I want, you know, yeah. Well, ten years of young adult life yeah. for me, and a few more for you, and still haven't figured it out yeah. perfectly. Yeah, uh, I would. I would say though, the the piece of wisdom that I would glean from this is self awareness of your of the way that you conduct yourself, your speech, your posture, your dress, even mm-hmm. all that stuff should be thought through. So many people just do. Just speak things, mm-hmm. say things, and there's no purpose or thought or care put into that. And I think that that is a far more dangerous, um, you know, kind of predisposition than than any curse word that you could say. Yeah, I was thinking of it in in, in the terms of testimony. I was thinking in the terms of um, what does this say, not just about who you are, but also who you reflect your community and your family and your tribe to be, yeah. right? And in some circles, 
It has no negative effect. You know, certain words have no negative effect on the testimony, don't have any negative effect on the testimony of Jesus, on the testimony of your family, the Wood Clan for me. Yeah. I don't have a real, you know, negative testimony on the tribe that I'm a part of. And then in some circles, it does have a serious effect on the testimony. Yeah. If I ultimately want to be a leader with influence and authority and want people to care about yeah. the things I say and want them to matter, i.e. in a workplace or... Yeah you know, in a church or in a leadership position in, in some capacity, then it, then it does matter. Yeah. And you're wise to be socially and self-aware. You got to understand those nuances. And if you don't, then you'll, you'll, you'll really find yourself uh, not appreciated for what you bring to the table, mm -hmm. whether it be the, the home, the workplace, relationships, friendships, all that stuff. If you're not aware of the nuances of how that stuff works, then, then you're going to, you're going to miss, you're going to miss out on, and if you're struggling with that, my recommendation is always err on the side of caution. 100%. Like, it's, 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 it's probably better that you aren't saying certain words around people that it's fine to say them around yeah. than it is you are saying certain, around, certain words around people it's probably, it may not be fine for you to say around. If you're not yeah. sure what's okay, what's not, and what social setting, if you struggle with awareness, self-awareness, or social awareness, then err on the side of caution. That's actually the wisest place to be in most areas of life is err on the side of caution. Yeah. And, uh, and then navigate that uh, gently and carefully. So yeah. thanks for your takes on that. I think that's helpful. That would have been helpful to me as a 21-year-old. Yeah. I, I want to know what your 2000 hip-hop and R&B go-to is. Uh, I was telling like, you there's one song that I have, actually two songs that I've memorized from that era. One is Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> Notorious. And uh, the other yeah. is Oh Girl by Paul Wall. Those are the two songs. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I always listened to music. You know, in Yo. the background, peripherally, I've never been the kind of guy who would actually sit with lyrics and memorize a song. Those are the two songs I ever did you know, sat and listened to. Did you know uh, Paul Wall was on a Toby and Wigway track? Uh, I didn't know that. Dude. And I don't know who that guy is. Toby and Wigway? One, one of the more embarrassing parts of my life is that uh, I've been working for a oh. church in youth and young adult ministry for a long time, and I'm probably more out of touch with Christian music than What's, anybody yeah. else that is uh, connected to our he's church. A, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a game changer, bro. Yeah. Mark Artrip turned me on to Toby. Okay. He's good. So for those listeners, as a pro tip. If you're into that kind of music, Toby and we check it out. Toby. How do you say that? T O B E N W I G W E. How do you say that? In Wigwe. In Wigwe. Um, one of the other things we want to talk about, because we wanted to yeah. cover this because we didn't last week, because last week we focused on marriage. We yeah, said yeah. that last week's primary topic was, I can't get married because, and we talked about kind of five misconceptions about getting married and told you you, you probably can, not that you should, you, you probably can, yeah. and if you're with someone who you can and should, then you should probably do that sooner than what culture is going to tell you to do. So that's yeah. what we talked about. What we didn't spend a lot of time talking about is, well, I'm single. What should I be doing? Yeah. And there's two camps here. There's I'm single, but I want to get married. I want to be with somebody. I'm getting to a season of life where that's important to me and I prioritize that. What yeah. should I be doing? And then there's the camp of I'm single and I'm not thinking about that right now and I don't and I'm in no hurry for that. Yeah. What should I be doing? And so do we have some maybe three or four pro tips for singles who are young adults? If I would say, okay, if you are especially if you're a guy. If you're a guy and you're single and you don't want to be, this is the era for you, man, okay? Because Why? if you just have your life together even a little bit, 
You are ahead of the pack. Define life together. <laughs> Simple, like quick like, point form. Define what you mean by life together. Well, like if you have the confidence to actually speak to a girl in real life, you're ahead of a lot. You're ahead of, people. of the pack. Yeah, you're doing well. You're doing well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like, let's just be honest. Like, as we've grown uh, accustomed to. Uh, uh, technology, yeah. right? It's just become the, our preferred form of communication. Mm. And so interpersonal, you know, interactions are, are primarily on the internet. And so to, to actually be able to go up to a girl and just be like, Hey, do you want to get coffee? That's it. If your ability to say that puts you ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> Cause most of the guys who are able to do that at your age, are weirdos and creeps. Yeah, right? yeah, right. If, you, if you're exactly. honest, you're authentic, you're cool, yeah. you're chill, but you're able to do it, yeah, yeah. you're already leaps and bounds ahead. Yeah. I so mean, what, what else do you mean by put you have your life, yeah. quote-unquote, together-ish? Well, like, uh, yeah, so, like, I think that, y- you know, um, a lot of people would tell you, you know, like, there's a financial component or, like, a, and, and I guess there's, you know, like, we acknowledged even last week that there's some truth to that. Like, you don't want to be, like, $300,000 in debt and being like, man, I should get married right now. You know what yeah, I mean? Like there's having your life together responsibility. Mean right. Sitting in your parents' basement, not having a job, you know, creeping social media. Like right. that's that's not life together. Life together probably means either working towards having yeah. a good job or have a good job and you're able to stick with it. So that yeah, yeah, probably yeah. is part of it. I mean, there's a mature like I I would I would not put like lines, benchmarks down to say like what that necessarily would look like, because I think that can look a lot of different ways to a lot of different people based on maybe your opportunity or your background sure. or anything like that, or, or how old you actually are. Like if you're sure. 17, I'm not going to expect you to have like your retirement planned out. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Um, but like, I would, I would say like priorities, you know, like what are the values that you hold to that are like, that are yours and real and you own them? Like, what do you believe about life and what are your goals for the future yeah if you have and, some under, vision of where you're heading yeah, is you a big thing point to something in your life that says see i value uh you know god and right. so i go to church or, or whatever it might look like i don't i i care about the bible or whatever um i think that those are really really helpful things so why know. do you think they people have an advantage especially you're talking to young men this is young men and women, but yeah. you're talking young men. Why do they, you think they have an advantage in this season if they have that stuff figured out? Com- you're comparing it to what and who, and why is it an advantage? Yeah, I think most people uh, were, 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 we've fallen into, wow, man, I'm trying to make this as succinct as possible. We have fallen into convincing ourselves that um, to, to not be an adult at 20 is yeah. okay. We've excused ourselves. Right. And the reality is, is that physiologically, we're maturing uh, much earlier than that. And that we delay our sense of ownership and responsibility uh, too far down the road. And so we develop bad habits in our life that, you know, we, we develop bad habits with health and with our time management and with our, our you know, our workplace, you know, uh, behavior or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like our, our, our work ethic. ethic. That's yep. what I meant. Our work ethic. And so we delay all of the taking ownership of all those things longer and longer and longer, uh, because it's easier and easier and easier to stay home and play call of duty yeah, or whatever. Is. And so we do that and then we don't know how to quote unquote adult. And it's kind of become this meme, right? Like I'm adulting today or adulting is hard. And it's kind of like the, I think we're tapping into the truth of that. 
like did really by 2021, 22, like you should actually have a pretty decent handle on the way that money works and your worth work ethic and the values that you really care about. And you're saying if you do that, yeah. you, you stick out like a sore thumb. Like you, you, if, if, if you yeah. do have it's some of a handle factor. on that, it's yeah. not just, so it's an, it's an X factor. It makes you stick out amongst most of the other young adults who basically Are, think 18 to 24 is get wasted every weekend, nonstop yeah. party, get all that out of your system before you settle down into adulthood. Right. So it's an advantage and it's an advantage because um, here's a, a pro tip. You may not know this, but once somebody is with somebody else, like somebody awesome, like somebody who you would be interested in being married to or in a relationship with, once they're with somebody else permanently, um, they can't be with you, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a, I mean, common sense says... If you says, like it, then you should have put a ring on it. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Yeah, yeah Beyonce, Beyonce knew what she was talking about. Preach. So, but the reality is, no, and this is a real struggle. I actually, you yeah. know, there's, there's, there, and this, and this, I don't want to downplay this. this. This can be a really difficulty for young adults who are older than young adulthood, yeah. uh, who are still single but want to be married, want to be with somebody someday. There's, just, there's not as many, uh, uh, how do you say it kindly, suitable mates, mates and potential. And like, there's lots yeah. still, you know, hashtag plenty of fish, but, <laughs> but less, just, right? Because a lot of them got married yet? between 21 and. And 29, right? And you're 30 and, yeah. and some really, really great people who you would have been great with. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's not your destiny that you're with them, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah. but, but there's, there's just less people who are looking for someone as awesome as you. And yeah. so if you have that stuff together early on and it's something you desire in your life, then you stick out. And there's a lot more people who aren't fully committed to yeah. a long-term relationship yet. And, and another good thing is it kind of, kind of bridges the gap between something we talked about last time was uh like we we mentioned that if you when you when you enter into a relationship on like last week we were talking about marriage but like when you enter into a relationship with somebody you begin to shape each other mm -hmm. and that's actually really really helpful because there's years in your life where you're malleable and that you're developing your convictions about certain things and if you f if you take the risk to try to meet someone who matches with the things that you're thinking, even if it's not like a perfect, perfect fit, you guys are going to wrestle through that together. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to shape your own values around something that you came to together. And that can be really, really helpful. Yeah. And, and it, it, there is a very real fear. There's fears of rejection and there's fears of like being committed, you know, because, like, what if this person turns out to be a psychopath, mm -hmm. you know? My wife found out the hard way that that's sometimes you just have to <laughs> deal with that. Um, but, you know, like, what, what, what are those fears that hold us back? And, and, you know, the reality is is that there is a lot of risk involved There's, and that you have to put your, yourself out there and you have to, you know, take a chance. Yeah, and, you have and to ladies, take risks. Yeah. Let me just talk to the ladies real quick. Um, this, like, if you've... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think that the, the stigma that, that guys should only ask girls out is so stupid, okay? Why? Because, because women are probably better suited uh, to, to see and understand the, the, uh, their mates uh, earlier. Like, they're, they're more perceptive. I, I, I don't, I don't want to, like, gender mm -hmm. uh, stereotype. Yeah. But, but, like, my wife is incredibly perceptive of people, and, and she has a really good beat on people and she mm -hmm. you know and so i think a lot of women they don't they don't 
say, hey, would you get a coffee with me? Because there's this idea that, you know, that's supposed to be a guy's job or whatever. And, and sometimes you can miss out on, on opportunities with people that you actually think are really, 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 really great. Because he may not have that skill to ask you to have a coffee. Or maybe he just... But like, he might have everything else. Thought, you know, he probably rightly thinks that you're out of his league. 100% and so he, he thinks that. He's like, oh, I'm going to aim way lower yeah. than you. Most of the time, that's the case. Sometimes yeah. it's not, but most of the time... Every, every happy couple I know feels like both spouses feel like they married up. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. My, honestly, we know my that wife that's would not say that. True, she said yeah. that, but yeah, like you, I definitely feel that way. Yeah. I should, I do not deserve my wife at all. Like, really, I don't, mm. and I, I'm kind of worried that she's going to run away with somebody else. Yeah, no, you've she, been worried every time we do this <laughs> podcast. I know. I, I keep thinking one of the things I was thinking for young adults, those, and we're going to get to the ones who who aren't intending to get into a long term relationship. We'll get there and we'll finish off with that. But the ones who are, um, a piece of advice that somebody gave me when I was your age was, you need to start becoming the person that the person you want to be with wants to be with. Mm. And the principle there was, um, you know, if, you, if, if you're looking for a great mate who has all of the great attributes that you want, that you know is good in a lifelong partner and spouse, yeah. uh, you probably need to be the person that that person is going to actually want to be with you. Because usually those people are yeah. self-aware enough that they know what they also want. And if yeah. you're not that, then you're not in a position for them to say yes to you. You kind of are, you, you know, there's obviously this, there's, there's this interplay and there's this, yeah. and there's this back and forth. But most of the time, the reality is most of the time, this is statistically true. Most of the time, if you're to, you know, create these fake leagues that aren't that fake, yeah. most people are commit to somebody who is relatively close to them in, you know, I guess, potential, yeah. skill, values, ethics, yeah. like all the good stuff. Yeah. And if you're not there yet, then the type of person you probably want to be with may not want to be with you. And right. so you can spend this these years in developing yourself, growing yourself, growing into the kind of person that the person that you're going to want to be with is actually going to want to be with someday. Yeah. If you spend your young years just wallowing in sadness that, you know, the person you kind of want to be with is not ever going to want to be with you, then you're never going to become the person that they actually might want to be with. Yeah. And you can actually do that. You can change. You can actually affect change in yourself. You can become a more suitable mate for that person. And that can mean a lot of things. It yeah. can look like, well, I don't want to go into details. We can assume <laughs> what that could mean, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I never got around to this, but for me it was like, I used to think like, oh, nobody's going to want to marry me. I'm overweight. I'm too heavy or whatever. I could have done something about that. Yeah. Like I could have. I could have become a more attractive, physically a more attractive person. I could have I, I worked harder. Possible. I know. I know you don't. <laughs> but um, I, I could have worked harder yeah. and uh, and 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 made more money or paid off my debt. Or yeah. I could have. You know, I could have studied more, learned you, more. I could have spent time on real practical, helpful things. I could have yeah. known more about the world. I could have been more intelligent or deeply thought. And I could have invested into those things, and it would make me a more desirable. Mate. Yeah. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, too, is that we innately know more than we think we do. Mm. So, like, if you're passionate about certain things and you own those with confidence and you chase those passions, what you're going to find is that you meet people who are also passionate about those same things mm. because you're not necessarily chasing what your friend groups are chasing. You're not chasing what Justin Bieber tells you to mm. or whatever. You know, you're chasing what you're passionate about. And as you do that, like, look around and be like, oh, hey, 
we're both at this art gallery and you're cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you like to go to another art gallery with hey, me? You, you know, go. like, bam. Like, we, we, we naturally do this, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when we put on a show for people that we, we like what we're supposed to like. Mm. You know, that's when, that's when things go sideways. Yeah. Or when we, you know, I, like, like you're saying, I just want to balance that. Like, you, you don't, don't, uh, don't be disingenuous about your approach to that. Hmm. Don't, uh, yeah, I don't think you need to become someone you're not. I think that you need to be passionate about the things that you're actually passionate about, value the things that you actually value, and, and put those into practice. Good. And I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, quickly, for people who are like, yeah. I'm single, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm not looking for that right now. Um, do we have any advice for them? Well, yeah. Let me ask you a question, okay. and then we'll jump into it, because I think this... Um, might, some people might find this interesting. I'm a married person, been married four years, you've been married for 10, ten years. Uh, are there times in your life where you are picturing today what you potentially could be doing or would be doing if you never got married and had kids and think of it in a positive light? Um, I, I probably did. Like now I, I have so many children that I, I, it's hard to imagine a <laughs> you world. You can't remember I, anything, let alone yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, like, we need to, our, our culture puts a lot of pressure on people to not be single. Um, and the scriptures would not, not articulate that. Nope. In fact, Paul multiple times says, you know, it'd be better if you were just single, mm-hmm. but because you can't, you know, keep your pants on, you should get married. You know, like that's yeah, yeah. Basically, basically what he says. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, so like his, his thought behind that is like that, we are, if we have a, a, a kingdom mindset, if we, ha- if we think about life uh, not just being here on earth, but, but being for all time, like, you know, what's, what's delaying our gratification here if we can do more for the kingdom of God and for, for, for Jesus? And that's incredibly powerful uh, conviction that people, lots of people, you know, have yeah. and take. Yeah. And uh, they should be commended. And I think... That's something that that needs to be kind of talked about more. Mm-hmm. Is that in fact celibacy is a spiritual gift? The the scripture talks about it being a gift to the church and to you. And so uh, you know that that's probably something that we need to take more seriously as you know uh, people and and a culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I guess I asked that question to encourage you that. There are many times where I'm thinking I could accomplish this if I didn't choose or feel called to the family life. Yeah. And I did feel called and chose the family life, and it has all of its own blessings, which yeah. are amazing, and I'm th- you got to be thankful for. Yeah. But there are times where I think if I wasn't th- on this track and You're I was so on this track, and, here's what I could yeah. be doing, and it's amazing things. Both of them are amazing things. Yeah. Both of them are godly callings. Both of them are good things. Depending on the track that you're on, you can still yeah. honor and serve God with all of your life, and it can still be super fulfilling and gratifying. Yeah. And so know that we actually believe that as two married men with children, we believe that your life as a single person who's committed to singleness for now and as long as you are, mm-hmm. you can honor and serve God with everything you have, and it can be as effective, if not in some cases, more effective than what we're yeah. able to do. And God sees that and honors that and loves that. And if you're in the season where you're just not sure, um, just do what we're all called to do, which is serve others a lot, work really hard, grow in character and wisdom, and that you will you will 
either lead towards knowing that you are called to be with somebody for your life, be in a married relationship and have a family, or you will feel more and more confidence about a calling of singleness for your yeah. whole life. But just keep working hard, keep serving, keep caring for others, keep investing into the things that you know are right, regardless of what track you're on or what track you're heading down. And I think I will make that clear for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that was our episode of Young Man's Guide to Life. We hope it was helpful and practical. And uh, we hope that it actually empowers you to take certain risks that you may not have taken if you hadn't listened to this podcast. Yeah. And we want to hear from you guys. Make sure you, you comment on the, on the channel or uh, send us an email or whatever. Yeah. We'll put our emails in the show notes like every week. Yep. We invite uh, feedback. We invite comments. And if you think this was helpful to you as a young adult, if you think this is helpful content, we ask you to share it with other share people. It. Like just take it, share the link with someone, say it to another young adult you know might be struggling with some of these questions, might be wrestling with some of the stuff, just may not know what's up right now. Send it to them and say, hey, look, I know these guys. They're cool. Yeah. They have some interesting things to say and send it their way. That'd be awesome. Thanks for joining us on Young Man's Guide to Life podcast. We will see you guys next week. Boom. Boom. <laughs>